I used to work night and day. I used to work seven days a week for my employers. I'd often work through lunch. And after a series of bit of bad luck and bad decisions, I ended up becoming a homeless veteran. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To reduce risk in your life, go to myworstinvestmentever.com today and take the risk reduction assessment I created from the lessons I've learned from more than 500 guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Edward Zia. Edward, are you ready to join the mission? I am, and I was going to say, there is no one listening who's a bigger loser than me. Okay, well, we're going to learn more about that. And of (laughs) course, we know that truthfully, if losing brings you to winning, then you are the evidence of that. Edward Zia is a marketing mentor, certified practicing marketer. That's a CPM and international master coach, and has mentored thousands of winners globally to help them get more clients, win top positions, and become leading personal brands. And I think we're all interested in that, Edward. So could you just take a minute and tell us about the value that you bring to the world through your products and services? Very simply, I I help people do two things. I help them become basically big LinkedIn influencers, so opportunities come to them. Plus, I run a business network, so I get people connected. So I'm all about coaching, empowerment in terms of being influencer stuff and connecting people together. And why is LinkedIn such a focus? I mean, you know, come on, there's Facebook, there's Instagram. Tell me. Well, it's not just me that thinks this. Facebook and Instagram are losing users by the day. And I think, well, I'm connected to some wonderful people on Facebook and Instagram, and I love those people. But I think Facebook and Instagram are very yesterday platforms. And where it's at are platforms like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. And I love Microsoft, and I think they're doing a great job of LinkedIn. And at the end of the day, people of value are spending less and less time on LinkedIn, uh, correction, on Facebook and Instagram. In fact, where do we meet? Do we meet on Facebook or Instagram, Andrew? Nope, LinkedIn. Yeah, well, there you go. You're a man of value, clearly, man of lots of value. And we didn't meet over Facebook or Instagram. We met on LinkedIn. Perfect. Yeah, in fact, you mentioned that, you know, I deleted my Facebook off of my mobile phone Oh, about a month or so ago. So I, t- I told you you're a man of value. You just proved it. Yeah, it's just too much distraction. And I'll tell you the reason why I like LinkedIn is because it gives me a chance. When someone communicates to me, it gives me a chance to understand a little bit more about them. And yeah. whereas if somebody sends me an email, I just really don't know who they are. They may be mm. someone amazing, but I just don't get that from an email. Yeah. But with LinkedIn... I love to go all the way down, Edward. I don't know about you, but I love to go all the way down to the bottom and like find out what's something interesting about this person. They play table tennis or they speak five languages or they have amazing recommendations. And I think that's sometimes the real fun stuff of it. So that's where I see the value in it. Well said, Andrew. So there you go. So what you said is the reason why I'm on LinkedIn and not the other platforms. Yeah, it's great. And maybe just before we move into the, the big question, We've got a lot of listeners out there. They're like, well, Edward, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I'm not really getting that much from it. You know, I've, I've, I've done some work. I've, you know, put in my 
descriptions of myself and I put yeah. in my education, what would be like one or two things that you would suggest based upon, you know, all that you've learned over the years? Uh, two things is post something awesome at least once a day and connect with absolute winners. Bam. They'll start you off. That'll kick you off. There's a lot more required, but if you do that, that'll solve half the problem. And let's just nail down something awesome. I mean, I love that. Is that something personal or is that something, is that a story or is that a tidbit or how do you think about what they should do? They say, I like that and I want to start today. Well, I test everything on myself first. So I'll never, ever jump on a podcast with such a handsome man like yourself and start shooting my gob off about stuff that I don't know. So I'm very much into stick to your own lane. If you don't know something, shut the hell up, right? And the third point is as well is this is what I do every day. So I spend probably too much time on LinkedIn. <laughs> so basically I spend time on LinkedIn so you don't have to. Um, but it's just, look, it's just, at the end of the day, just be logical. It's just obvious. Like if you're not posting, people aren't seeing you. So you got to post. And at the end of the day, you got to connect with people one-on-one, pure and simple. Like for example, we connected over Facebook. Uh, uh, I keep saying Facebook. All right, I got Facebook on the brain. What's yeah. wrong with me, right? Yeah, there you yeah, go. I got to remove it from my phone too. There you go. Now I'll tell you why I got Facebook and Insta on the brain. I'm actually considering removing the app from my phone too. So when you said that, you kind of triggered me into, you know, some more intelligent thinking. We'll come back to that. But anyway, yeah. the point that I'm making, right, the point that I'm making is that, yeah, ultimately you've got to connect with good people. So LinkedIn, sharing content is great, but you've got to connect with great people. When we connected, yeah, you added me with a really kind message. I sent you a voice message and we started talking where you're the ultimate way of how to use LinkedIn and bravo to you, Andrew. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. You know, I, I find it challenging and, you know, I'm struggling always. I'm a small business and I'm always trying to figure out how to get out there. So I appreciate that. And I think for the listeners out there, you know, I think it's a good example that if you bring value to LinkedIn and you go to people that you want to connect with and you bring value to them. And I, I think one of the less, big lessons I've learned is never, ever sell on no. LinkedIn, you know. Bring value and then see how things work out. So. Yeah. At the end of the day, when people want to buy your stuff, they'll ask you. Yeah, you know, and it's simple as that. And that's one of the reasons why I run a lot of Zooms. Like one of the ways I bring value to, not just LinkedIn, but beyond it, is I run twice a week, I'll run a free educational Zoom on Monday and I'll run a networking Zoom on Thursday. And so I bring a lot of value just through my free events. And at the end of the events, I always get a few leads from people saying, Ed, I loved your webinar. How can we work together? How can you coach me? When's your next workshop coming up? I want to come. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, the more value you deliver is the more you're going to win big. And that's how you attract opportunities to yourself. You know, it's interesting, Edward, because I'm thinking, you know, when, when I was younger, I was thinking, no, don't give up so much value because, you know. Yeah. But what I've learned is that, you yeah. know. Opposite's true. Yeah. And just understanding something is great. You know, if you learn something, but implementing and getting the real transformation is what's hard. And so a lot of people, what people ultimately are paying for is that transformation. Yeah, yeah okay, I love what you're saying. I'm having a hard time making that work in my life. I want to attend your events. I want to, I want mm -hmm. to get your support and how I'm really making it happen. And I think mm -hmm. that's, I do a course that we call the Valuation Masterclass Bootcamp. And I start off, it's a six-week course. It's intense. And I started off by telling this is a course not about information. It's mm -hmm. about transformation. Six weeks from now, you're going to be a different person Oof. with whole new practical skills. 
And I think that that's what I want. You know, think yeah. about it from your own perspective. If you think, okay, I need to learn how to do Facebook ads or something. I want to take a course. It's not just here. Here's a, a zillion things of information. How do I put this into practice? So I think that's my lesson about why giving out so much value can be even more valuable than you think. Oh, here, here, Andrew. Well said. I like it. Uh, no wonder we get along. We think the same way. Exactly, exactly. And we have the hair, same, for the listeners out there, we have the yeah. same hairstyle too. Yeah, I'm, I suppose I'm more Arabic, so I look more like Ben Kingsley and you're a white guy, so you look more like Bruce Willis. Is that a fair comment? Yes, I, I wish that I looked more like Bruce Willis. It reminds me of a, a funny situation in my office many years ago when a, a bald-headed older man who worked in my office, a very good friend of mine, he was talking to a client on the phone and they were going to meet the next day at a particular place and they'd never met before. They had only talked through email. And he said, I'll, you'll see me. I'm the guy that looks like Tom Cruise with a bit of a fat stomach <laughs> and a bald head and also a little bit of a frowny face. Yeah, I got it. That's <laughs> so like, yeah, I like that. I look just like Bruce Willis, except not. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and tell us your story. Yeah, I think it's, I was actually having this conversation yesterday. And whilst I'm not so much talking about an asset, I think a lot of people get this point. The worst investment I ever made was really overdoing it in my old jobs before I went into business on myself. So, for example, I used to, I still do, like, I used to work night and day. I used to work seven days a week for my employers. I'd often work through lunch. And I ended up becoming, after a series of a bit of bad luck and bad decisions, I ended up becoming a homeless veteran, right? Terrible, right? And, and now, you know, now I'm winning. And I look back on that. I was saying this to someone the other day. It's like, wow, I work seven days a week. I work through lunches. I literally whip myself daily and I went up a homeless veteran. So the logic was, why didn't I live it up and have a good time, right? Why did I do that to myself if I wound up homeless anyway, right? But the worst, so the worst investment I ever made was I'd sacrificed myself. I'd put my employer first and my life second, right? That was a terrible decision. I was telling this to someone the other day. And it took me a long time to really flip that around and say, hang on, put my life first and my job second, right? And when I say my life, that includes families. Hey, I'm married, two kids and all that now. So in other words, Phrasing that in a more, you know, in what I think now is like put my family and I first, then my job second. And um, and having that reversal and thinking was very destructive to me. And it was clearly the worst investment I ever made because it led me to, a, you know, stress and burnout. My PTSD from my military days fled up. And that was a terrible investment. Again, it wound up in my destruction, right? So again, I look back on it and it's like, man, why the hell did I bust my ass? I should have just chilled out. I was going to be homeless anyway. Who cares? <laughs> why do I do that to myself? Why, 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 why? So tell me, can you remember a day or a period of time, maybe a specific day where it kind of all fell in, where it just really wasn't working anymore, even though the harder you worked, you weren't getting there and you were sliding? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember an interesting day where uh, one of my employers lied to me and very badly, right? And they, they, re and, they and, and I am moving after that, but this is, um, but basically what it was is the employer said, and if you get me X growth and make X dollars, I'll give you basically more staff and more money, right? I actually doubled the target and I actually got less staff out of it. So the person really double-crossed me, right? And from that day forward, I worked probably 5% of what I used to, right? 
So I really harvested the situation after that. But the point that I'm making is that that was the moment where my old thinking started to crack, right? So whilst I was still in that workaholic, you know, idiotic sense, that's where my reality started to crack and I started embracing new, better ideas, you know? Mm. Uh, but that was ultimately it. I remember that moment I was like, yeah, it's like your reality is breaking and you're starting to quit and not in a bad way. You're starting to say, hang on, I think I've got this all wrong. My thinking is totally off track. And it was. Yeah. You know? Again, if my thinking was so awesome, then how did I wind up a homeless veteran? You know, so crazy. Yeah. Led to my, my thinking, I did exactly what I was told, lived exactly the way I was brought up and it led to my destruction. Mm. You know, I'm thinking about that. There's a great saying. If you imagine it, a pool cue, uh, snooker, you know, table yeah. and a pool cue, you know, it's a, it's a solid hard object and you, you hit, you know, you swing it and you hit a ball and the ball moves. And then of course we have the other idea is pushing on a string. And basically it's like a, a hard pool cue works really well in the beginning of our career. Like many things mm-hmm. in our life, it works well. You know, we make this action and it causes this outcome. Yeah. But then there's a time where that, cue starts to get a little bit mushy and all of a sudden you're not getting the outcomes that you thought and i think that we 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 justify you know hey okay it's okay they'll come back or whatever but really what's happening is that what worked in the past just isn't working anymore i think that's a great lesson for all of us to be thinking like i was having i was actually and by the way i'm not anti-elder or anything but i was having a shot at you know you get some people from the previous generation that just come along and say, you should own a home and you should do this and do that, right? Homes used to cost (laughs) $20,000 and your annual wage was $20,000. Homes in Sydney now cost at least a million dollars and the annual wage is probably $60,000, right? So it's a bit like those sort of characters, they're pushing a model of living that suits a totally different time and economic situation. Mm. And ultimately back to me, where I destroyed myself was that I did not keep, and I know where I know exactly where you're going, obviously, Andrew. I didn't keep my thinking up to date. I was, you know, I love the pool cue analogy, and it just led to my own destruction. I wasn't thinking clearly. I was just listening to what I was told, and, and it almost was the end of me, right? And that's the way it goes. And I say this to anyone watching. Again, there is no bigger loser than anyone watching than me, right? I'm the biggest loser there is. And that's my biggest lesson to everyone is question your own self, question what you're hearing, be a critical thinker. Don't believe what people tell you and don't believe what the media and the fake news tells you as well. Oh, man. I remember that. What's, what's the lyrics of that song? I've been down so long, it looks like up to me. I like it. But I don't, I'm not sure what song that is, but I love it yeah, already. That's a great one. And also, you know, it's funny because as a financial analyst in my career, basically you have to apply logic and reason to your analysis. And that's unlike other areas of our life where we have the luxury of applying emotion. But the reason why we have to apply logic and reason is because the market doesn't care about your emotion. Yeah. And if you go into the stock market and you say, I'm going to buy this company because I think it's doing the right thing, you know, and you're not doing an analysis to think about logic and reason and, and analyzing it from a lot of different angles, you'll very quickly lose your money. And as wow. an analyst all my career, people come to me all the time telling me, and of course, I hear stories of loss. 
people come to me all the time and tell me that I bought this stock at 100 and it went down to 20 and I didn't know what to do. And eventually I lost, you know, almost all my money and I'm never going to invest again. And I'm thinking, you know, part of it is that you're bringing this emotional thing, whereas we need logic and reason. And I've just started writing about this. And just on that note, if I can, the the simplest mistake they made is they didn't hire a professional. They started doing it themselves. Like I, I, um, a lot of my clients are um, property uh, buyers agents, right? And I would never, ever buy a property myself without using a buyer's agent. And likewise, I would never, ever invest in stocks unless I had someone that knew that that were doing helping me. So it comes out of the hole as well. If you're not good at something, bring in a professional to help you out. And a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely a lesson I've learned in this podcast because I recently was selling a, a particular asset that I had and my assistant came to me and said, well, I said, check out this particular lawyer that we know is good. See if he can help us to do this transaction. And she's like, well, it's going to be expensive. And, you know, we could do it. I could do the paperwork. I said, no, 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 no. Yeah, no <laughs> As no. the host of my worst investment ever podcast, I have learned the lesson that you're yeah. a professional. So I like that. So maybe you could just go through kind of what are the lessons that you learned from this experience? How would you summarize them? Yeah, I think three parts. Lesson number one is question yourself and question everything you hear. Don't just go on autopilot, point one. I think point number two is push back on when situations aren't going your way. If if situations, be it work, life, business, relationships, if something's not going your way, don't just sit there and hope it will get better. Do something about it. Again, that was another mistake that I made. Um, Things would not go my way and I just sit there and take it. Where these days I'll just, I'll throw a spanner in the works. I'll be not, not putting up with this. And lesson number three is, and it was just what we said before, Andrew, I know we agree on this one, is get some help. You know, know, whatever it is, whatever the problem area is, get an expert who understands that problem well to help you out. So if you've got got psychological issues, get a coach or a psychologist. You know, if, if you want to go and invest in the stock market and you don't know what you're doing, get a professional that knows what they're doing to help you out and make better buying decisions. Great advice. So question everything push back and get help. I think really yeah. a great a great summary of the lessons. Maybe I'll just share a couple of quick things that I take away Please. from it. You know, one of the things that I, I've enjoyed in my life is I've had a, a relatively significant amount of independence in my blood, let's say. And basically that has helped me to say, I don't believe anybody. And I tell my analysts that That's I'm good. Paying, and people, I just say, if you want to be a great analyst, start by saying, I don't believe anybody. I don't believe anything. I need proof. I need evidence. And once you start to apply that, then all of a sudden you start realizing that people are just spouting off things yeah. all the time. And that's where I like what you're saying about question because, yeah. You know, and I just finished a, a class at university that I was just recently teaching. And I told the students, there's forces of good and evil behind yeah. everything. everything, the most beautiful ESG, environmental, social governance, blah, blah, blah. There is a force of evil behind it and a force of good. Just look for it. It's there. Well, look, a very good example, and someone actually shared this on LinkedIn, right? A very brave thing to share on LinkedIn. Now, again, it's the Ukraine war. I'd love if the war would stop. You know, of course, I'm against war, right? However, you know, I come from an Arabic background and millions of Arabs have died in the past 20 years in wars, right? Millions of of my own civilization, right? And no one cares about that, but now all of a sudden they care about Ukraine, 
right? Because the government says so. It's like, um, yeah, so if a bunch of Arabs get killed, no one clearly cares. But all of a sudden, a bunch of people from, you know, that region are getting killed. Now it's a big problem. It's like, now I think it's bad. I think the Ukraine war is bad, but why do you care all of a sudden? Why don't you care about my civilization when they get murdered to this day? So that's, you know, talking about for the listeners out there, you know, how do you apply what we've learned from Edward? Question, push back, yeah. question that, you know, and, and yeah. of course, you know, and who controls the narrative out there in this world? Is it Russia? Is it the U.S.? Where is all the news coming out from, you know, and push back, ask yeah. questions. It doesn't mean that you have to oppose everything. And this is an important one. I always yeah. tell people that, you know, think for yourself, but you don't have to shout out against everybody, but at least have freedom of your mind to think yeah. about it and then make your own conclusions, which could and be And of the course same. the establishment doesn't like that. The establishment does not like your message. I love it. I'm sure our listeners love it, but the swamp and the establishment despise you and what you're saying, don't they, Andrew? Yeah, it's definitely true. And I've been banned. Part of the reason why I got off Facebook was because they just kept banning me. If you speak truth, which later, you know, in the beginning it may sound like it's crazy, but later it becomes truth, you're going to get in trouble. And even on, even on LinkedIn. So for the listeners out there, what I've decided to do with LinkedIn is just keep it straight on business. And, you know, it's not a political well, platform. Yeah, and exactly. And in all fairness, LinkedIn, it says well in the terms and conditions, we're a professional platform. We don't like anything inflammatory. Yeah. Yeah. I, kinda, I respect that, actually. I respect that because at the end of the day, it's um, LinkedIn's business and they just want you to stick to business. I'm good with that. Yep, I'm okay. If you want to go crazy, jump on Twitter or, you know, Truth Social, it's come out. You've got Truth yeah, Social now. Exactly, exactly. Go jump on the – I like that, actually. On LinkedIn, stay professional. If you want to say weird, crazy stuff, go on Twitter, go on Truth Social and knock yourself out to your heart's content. There you go. Where do we bring our truth? Now, based upon <laughs> what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, I want you to just put yourself in the shoes of a young man or woman who is – working themselves into the ground for their career, yeah. you know, they're, they're thinking they're doing the right thing. Yeah. One action, one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Stop. Stop it. <laughs> it's just that, and I, you know, you can tell by my body language and my, you know, uncomfortable reactions. Oh, I did that. I did that. And, and look, it's, you need to stop, right? You need to stop right away. Um, because I give an example. I live um, to really sell this point home. I live in a beautiful part of Sydney now that unfortunately you meet so many single moms here, right? And single moms, not because of their choice, right? Great women who are single moms, right? And they're raising two or three kids by their own. And they've all got the same story, all got the same story. It was all basically a husband that would just be at work all the time and neglect them. And that would just leave to the family breakdown, right? And I can tell that, Again, I don't want to get one side of the story, but I can tell, at least based on what they're telling me, that the man, and you know, in that scenario, you know, they're just at work all the time. They're not putting, they're clearly putting their work first and not their family first, right? And eventually something breaks. Eventually something happens, right? That leads to that destruction. So if you are putting work first and you're in that poisonous cycle, I'm not saying quit your job or, you know, you know, you know, turn into Barbara Streisand and move to Hawaii or something, right? What I'm just simply saying is just stop for the moment and think about what you're doing and think about where you're going. Beautiful. So for the listeners out there today, 
let's take this challenge from Edward and find that area at work. It could even be other parts of your life that's not working and it's bringing you pain and suffering. Stop. He's not saying stop it, like just quit your job, but he's saying take a moment, stop, step back and look at it. I love it. So what's a, re- what's a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners from yourself or any other experience that you have? Well, one thing is I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk. I follow Elon's stuff. I love Elon Musk, highly recommended. Of course, Andrew Stotts. I highly recommend Andrew Stotts. So make sure you dig through his podcast. And after you've visited Elon Musk and Andrew Stotts and you want more, please uh, follow me on LinkedIn and check out some of the things I've got to say. But after you visit Elon, Andrew, then you can go to me. But make sure you start with Elon and Andrew. Yeah, I think I may change that order around, but I appreciate it. Andrew Elon. Andrew Elon. No, 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 no. (laughs) Elon Edward. Let's go. We'll have the, the link in the show notes of your LinkedIn. And for those people that want to reach out and connect, you know, just reference that you heard this interview so he knows where you're coming from. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal is upscale and upscale and upscale. So for me, it's not so much doing new stuff, but it's growing what I have. Mm. That's interesting because I was just meeting with my team and we said, no new stuff. Yeah, no. It's too much work. And what, what a lot of people don't understand, I know you get this, it's obviously you're way smarter than me on this topic, but what people don't understand is every time you do something new, you're taking a chunk out of everything else you're working on. People don't seem to understand that. Oh, it's so hard to get that. And I think that's a big lesson just for everybody out there. Everything, everything is a trade-off. And that's yeah. kind, of, kind of what I was trying to tell my students is when I said that there's forces of good and evil behind everything, <laughs> what I was also saying is everything's a trade-off. Like if, yeah. if, if U.S. wants to squeeze Russia out of the global US dollar financial system, there will be a trade-off. That will force Russia to have to look at alternatives, maybe with China, and all of a sudden, America may not have the only way of transacting around the world, but you know, there's trade-offs. Yeah, well, I gotta say, um, America's gotta watch it because at the end of the day, they're, um, they're squeezing themselves out of a lot of situations. Yeah, I can see that. After many years living outside of America, when I look back, yeah. I think they're, pushing the limits on the power that they have and the influence instead of, I wish I left America 30 years ago. If, if America had just taken all the money that it spent on war to build out its schools, its education, its infrastructure, it just, people would be just, you know, so, you know, the world would be a much better place, but unfortunately. you're, You're talking to a guy from an Arabic background and my people are getting killed on a daily basis. No one cares. Nobody cares. No one cares. And no one will ever care. That's the sadness of it all. No one cares. Well, and, and amazing civilizations too. I mean, I, I uh, have read- What's left history. of them. Yeah, I've read a lot of history. And I think there's a lot of great books out there. One called The Silk Road, which I found really fascinating book. Fascinating book. But that helped me to understand that history started, you know, in the Middle East, in Africa. And that these places, the U.S. is, you know, a tiny little a thin, a blip in the world of history. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier is the establishment does not like people thinking for themselves. They hate it. And that's where I just received an email about diversity, equity, and inclusion in a particular organization I'm involved in. And I just thought to myself, if we're talking about diverse, I agreed, we want diversity, but we also need diversity in opinion and a diversity in thought. And what's Mm -hmm. happening is that we're having a 
we're losing that ability to have that conversation. I have never in my 56 years on this earth have felt like I can't express my true feelings about something without reprisals. That has only happened in the last, let's say, three to four yeah. years. That's a, a new world. Yeah, my advice to you is just don't care. Nice. I like it. All right, listeners, there you have it. Boy, we had a lot to discuss there. That's another story of loss to keep you winning. If you haven't taken the risk reduction assessment, I challenge you to go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and start building wealth the easy way by reducing risk. As we conclude, Edward, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of A Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Oh, I just want to say I love the winners watching. And remember, even Elon Musk was homeless. Just remember that. Uh, what an inspiration you are. And obviously, Elon too. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying thanks for joining our mission. And I'll see you on the upside.